So Farhaj and I want to thank everyone for coming onto the podcast. It used to be called We Strive, the We Strive podcast hosted by me, Corey McCain, founder of We Strive. And now I brought on my co-host, Farhaj. Farhaj, want to introduce yourself really quick? Hey ho, I'm Farhaj Main, the CEO of Canna and a super passionate enthusiast <laughs> about building startup ecosystems here in the Midwest and Texas. There you are. Yes, you, you love you love your startups. So we love talking about, we're not just talking about startups, though. We're interviewing a lot of amazing people outside mm-hmm. of the startup world, too. Anyone that's created any kind of business or has grown any sort of brand, we want on our podcast. We've already interviewed some amazing founders from around the world. Uh, we interviewed the guy that literally ran, uh, I mean, he was doing all of the, so the online security for Bill Gates, and he was part of the Obama administration, and then he was like, one of the first hackers at the CIA. Wild. Uh, we've inter- it was a crazy. Like we've interviewed people that have had millions in sales, billion dollar exits. So e-commerce, let it and Ed Hardy. I mean, it's it's so, been really cool. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a good time. So we're excited for you guys to be here. This is just the first season. We have a whole lot more episodes coming. And uh, yeah, thanks for being a part of our journey. And hope you guys subscribe and tune in every week and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Building Fires. Bang yeah. bang. <laughs> and a one and a two and it's good but yeah man it was just so great to connect with nathan because like in canada we actually have like seven to nine different sops that we use like from everything from like our hiring and onboarding procedure for new workers who are coming in to how to interact or open a farm for the first job to canada university and the courses and modules and it's it was just like it was getting pretty hard for us to keep on top of all of our SOPs and make sure that they were consistent. Also, updated can what, regularly. Can you say yeah. what an SOP is, really quick, for the audience? Let me Google it. <laughs> Wait, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Wait, right. standard operating procedure. So it's pretty much okay. this like general ledger, your you know bible of a document that talks about how you run operations for a specific part of your company. You know, like whether, like if, yeah. if like if you're like. If your business partner didn't know how to open a jar, you'd write three steps to open a jar. Maybe one step actually. Well, first exactly. you gotta grab the first you gotta grab the jar, and yeah. then you gotta twist the jar and put the three steps and put the lid down. Okay, there we go. Exactly. Okay. So, for example, we're planning on making an operations hire to help with the entire worker onboarding process, and mm-hmm. it's like over the last month, nine months, there have been a lot of these crazy learnings that we had, which we're translating into a process, right? that catching them up to speed by training them in person on site would take us a lot more time and effort than just writing up a, a standard operating procedure document and handing it off to them. Yeah, so exactly. that's why I was like raving about Simply SOP because you know if that product works really well with our team, everybody gels and we can have multiple users who can use it to edit mm-hmm. it and make sure this document is regularly being updated, you know, and that it, it's relevant to where we are now is huge and the fact that they already have playbooks for like he, t- he was telling me about like the slack uh you know va communication playbook and a bunch of other playbooks to make sure that you have really consistent you know communications and expectations set out with your vas i think it would even honestly extend beyond that because more and more companies are becoming distributed today so yeah and I, I, when i had my va i was talking with her on slack and like there could have been such better communication if i had, yep. had the, some sort of playbook so for everyone listening, yes, yeah, so Nathan Hirsch, uh, he ran freeup.com. They just had an exit, so congrats to him. Uh, really great guy, just like takes care of his people. And he he's founded and exited like four companies and they, they've all started with like $5,000 and then made a ton of money and then exited. He's just like, 
happy and works all the time and has a he's just like the, he's probably the the freelancer guru of our of our <laughs> little our little blue dot in the universe like he really just knows everything freelancers yeah. so and what i yeah. love about him too is he always creates products that he himself was a customer of he doesn't exactly. solve his own problems and he scales them rapidly with good people around him so yeah epic episode a lot of learning lessons involved and you know just good people so good peeps Nathan Hirsch, here we go. Episode, I don't know, like seven or eight. We'll see what happens. Here we go. Something five spot. No, yeah, I would just say like one of my investors is a huge free up like fan. You know, I don't, I don't know if you know him, Nate, but Jim Grencher. Are you familiar with him? Jim Grencher. Uh oh, maybe I should know he, who he, that is. He stole <laughs> Christmas. Remember him? <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's awesome. He's the CEO of Nationwide Auto Parts. It's a very large um, auto parts servicing company. Yeah, like yeah. Nationwide is on your side, like that. Or is Maybe. that the insurance? That, I think that's the insurance. But okay, I was gonna. I was like, you know that guy? <laughs> Jesus. Well, Jim is yeah, awesome okay. though. He's been like one of us, our earliest and like most supportive investors. But yeah, you know, he was telling that's me, so it's cool. like, hey Farhad, if you're looking to hire any freelancers for X, Y, and Z, you should check out this platform called free up and i was like no what? way <laughs> that's so cool <laughs> yeah. that's dope man yeah I'm, I'm trying to i'm trying to think of how we want to approach this podcast because like i've obviously already interviewed you but we have a totally new audience now so i mean we can kind of take your story from the top and then i know you have a new company now so um yeah, let's kind of go from the top and then we can talk about free up and go back and forth and then i want to hear all about what you're working on now yeah you so, guys know i sold free up right so that was, okay. Okay. Let's talk about that because I I saw like not present on your uh, LinkedIn, and I was like, so did he just be like, was he he either sold it or he's like, okay, I'm bored and just stopped. But I was like, how does that? So it, it's well, so funny. I like earlier this year, I I was like a quarter of the way into podcasts, and I was like, wow, they don't know that I sold free app, did they? So now the beginning of podcasts, I'm like, oh, did you know that free app was acquired? That's all. Wait, did I? Re I think we had a. I think ours was like last fall or something like that, right? Whenever we did ours. Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay, so yeah, you were you were still okay. Gotcha. Well, cool. Yeah. So, can you give a quick intro on who you are and everything, and then we'll kind of dive into what FreeUp was, RIP, even though it's still around. What do you mean RIP? It's a big W. It's a big W. RIP for him. He's moved on. I mean, not like yeah. rest in profit. Oh, that's good. Okay, okay. No one else freaked <laughs> out. I'm gonna take that one though. Um, wow. so can you kind of give us an intro on who you are, what you're doing, and then we'll kind of go from there. Yeah. So, I mean, I was a broke college kid that really didn't want to get a real job after college. And I started hustling while I was in college, buying and selling people's textbooks, actually created a decently big textbook business where I had referral programs and lines out my door of people trying to sell me their books. When my college sent me a cease and desist letter to stop competing with their bookstore. So... <laughs> That was my first glimpse into being an entrepreneur and I didn't want to get kicked out of school. My parents were both teachers, so I had sold some books on Amazon and I thought it was cool. I could have this Amazon storefront. It was pretty new. And I started experimenting with every product that you could possibly imagine before coming across baby products. And for whatever reason, I got really good at selling baby products on Amazon, um, drop shipping years before I even knew it was called drop shipping. And I scaled this business, but as I scaled it, I became very stressed out. I was doing everything myself, tried hiring college kids. They were super unreliable. They were drinking, smoking weed on the job, oversleeping for shifts. And 
a buddy of mine told me about the Upworks and Fibers of the world. So I started hiring my first VA and my second VA and some good, some bad, some great hires, some people that couldn't communicate and disappeared. And after years and years of kind of going through this and trial and error, I, I built a really good rock solid hiring system that just spat out A plus virtual assistants. And from there, I really started to hate the Upworks and the Fibers because it just took way too long to put all these VAs from the platform through my process. So I said, hey, what if I build a marketplace that pre-vetted VAs and freelancers before they even got on the platform, matched people up, had a great support, uh, communication and support on the back end, no turnover protection. If someone quit, we'd cover replacement costs. And we took that to market with a $5,000 investment four years ago. People really liked it and were fortunate. They didn't really like our software at first, although we invested in that down the line. And we organically scaled that thing. Through four years, we spent zero money on ads. We hired no US employees, no office. It was me, my business partner, 35 virtual assistants in the Philippines. And we scaled that from a $5,000 investment to doing 12 million last year in, in 2019. And one of our clients reached out to us about halfway through the year and said, hey, we love free up. We want to get into the VA freelancer space. They own a bunch of other agencies and other companies, and mm. we don't want to build it from scratch. And so they ended up making us an offer. We did a, a lot of due diligence on them. Uh, we made sure it was a win-win for everyone. So we, we took $500,000 from the deal and gave it to our team in the Philippines to make sure they were taken care of and made sure their jobs are secure. And we really like the new owners. We have a great relationship with them. And once we sold that, uh, people started reaching out and asking if we could teach them our systems, our processes, how we're able to scale businesses with VAs. And that's when we had the idea for Outsource School, which is really three parts. It's the fundamentals, what we call cracking the VA code, where we give people our exact interview, onboarding, training, and managing process. Then it's our SOP shop. So every system that we built in any of our businesses, we create formulas and playbooks for them for how to have a VA run your inbox to how to get on podcast with VAs. And we come out with new ones every month. And we built a software called Simply SOP to create your own SOPs using our formulas um, to, to store them, have them all in one place, give your VAs access. And people can go to outsource school and buy any of these separate, or if you become an Outsource School Insider, which is our yearly membership, you get access to everything, first access to everything new we come out with, plus our community of hundreds of entrepreneurs and our support. So that's the short, long version of how I went from books to baby products to free up to now Outsource School. Boom. Rock yeah, solid. I wish that was amazing. I feel like if I'm ever very successful, my story is going to be like a, a shit show of like a, and then, and then I'll be like, well, well then, then, then this, and then that, and then you're just like, you have like this three, no, like 10 paragraph perfectly. Yeah. Well it's, said. It's so funny because now I feel like all my podcast intros are longer because before it was like books, baby products, free up. And now it's books, baby products, free up, and then outsource school. So hopefully at some point my intro is just going to get too long. What's really cool though. Yeah. I was just going to say is. Like all of the companies that you built were to solve your own problems and you then you enabled scale. Like, was that intentional or did it just happen by chance? Yeah, I, I'm a weird entrepreneur. I mean, I, I started three businesses now with less than $5,000 each business. Actually, exactly $5,000. I'm not sure why that's the number. Um, but then also just no US employees. Like all, all my businesses are just run completely by VAs and, and high level VAs. Like we, my VA Anna does Zoom calls with our members and very high level Zoom calls, answering their questions, walking them through a roadmap of, of what they should be doing next and where they're running into issues and all of that. So, I mean, these are, 
VAs that I would put against any US person out there. And that's really how we teach people to, to scale businesses. Oh, I have a good question. So, well, I mean, like, that's my opinion. But so with everything that's happening in the world, like with everyone working remote, how has that affected the freelance business? Has it made it just you being like, well, you have to work remote anyways. So why wouldn't you pay someone overseas? Like what, like what's your mindset with all that? Yeah. So, I mean, we've made a conscious effort to like not use COVID to market out to our school or, or anything like that. But I, I mean, I do agree. I think the world was kind of going more remote already. Now it's everyone's kind of forced to be remote. And I've kind of always had the mentality that there's three different levels of people you can hire followers, doers, and experts where followers are there to follow your system, your process. Doers are the specialists, like the graphic designers, video editors, and the experts are bringing their own strategy and expertise and their own systems. And for me, I would never hire a US follower. You're just drastically overpaying. And not only are you overpaying, but you have to think of it like long-term, like you pay someone for customer service, 15 bucks an hour, which isn't high isn't low, how long are they really going to be happy for 15 bucks an hour? Eventually you're paying them 18, 22, whatever it is. And then you have tough decisions to make. So for me, I'm down to hire US people. Like I actually just hired a, a US person to, to run my ads. They're not really part of my team. They're a freelancer running ads. Um, but that, that's the expert level for me, like all the business operations and all of the part of the business that requires followers. If you're not using VAs and, and saving money on the followers to invest in the high level experts and doers, then you're missing out to your competitors who at this point probably are. I don't know if that answers your question. No. Yeah. I love that. That's a good answer. And I mean, I, I personally have a, a team over in Ukraine that I've been with for three years and absolutely love it. And so investors are always like, Oh, well, blah, blah, overseas, blah, blah. And I'm like, especially now I'm like, okay, well my team's amazing. And then any team has to be remote. So it's kind of like, what's, what's the difference? <laughs> like, why would I, you know, and I, and I love your point about there being different levels because there are hundred percent is like, yeah, I would never hire a, a very low level person locally, but like, it's a perfect thing to outsource. And then I think your website did a great job of, you know, finding that next tier of, of outsourced work, which I feel like is very hard. Like I, I tried this past winter, I hired someone um, based on a referral overseas and she was very nice, uh, lovely person to work with, but it was just it was like every single task was, was wrong and I had to go back and redo it. And it was just costing me so much money and time that I ended up having to just let her go. But, um, what, what, with that, with that being said, what was your, how do I ask, how do I ask that? What was your like retention rate with, with clients? Like how long would clients stay with, um, with a purchaser from free up? Yeah, that was kind of the unique part of the business that for us, it was very hard to run ads, for, which is why we were why we scaled pretty much organically, not impossible, just hard. And the new owners are actually doing a better job that, than we did at it because it's just very hard to, to measure churn because it, it, part of it is not any of our fault. It's just like the nature of the market. We had no minimums. We had um, people could hire someone full-time and use them for three years. They could hire them part-time and use them for a year. They could hire them project-based. They could hire them for six months and stop or, or whatever it is. And it's just very hard to, to track it back. If you get someone to like get, come to free up from a Facebook ad, for example, like they might wait three months to sign up and then start and then stop. And it's very tough to measure it back to, to ROI. So it, that was something that we kind of always struggled with is like, how do we measure churn? Because we had 
lots of clients who they might use us for the entire four years that we had free up, but they would start stop all over the place. And also, what are you going to do? Just reach out to someone every single time they like stop using VAs or freelancers that that gets a little crazy as well. So, I mean, we we had plenty of, we had hundreds of clients that used us the entire four years of free up and probably even thousands, but just very hard to to measure because what, what are you actually judging on? Everyone's kind of using the platform in a different way. One thing I wanted to ask about your exit was, so did the, did they, I can't remember what you said, did they approach you or did you approach, like, how did that conversation start? Yeah, no, they approached us. I mean, they okay. came to us. They were free up clients for over a year. They'd use us. They let That's us. cool. Okay. Epic. That's very cool. That's, that's so cool, man. I love that. I, uh, yeah. I, hopefully a We Strive user buys We Strive someday. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, I love that, man. So how do you even go about negotiating a cash flow positive business that's like so unique like yours. <laughs> so I can't dive like too much into like price and stuff like that. I mean, for oh, yeah, us, yeah. We, we kind of relied on, on external factors. I mean, we'd never sold the business before. So we went with our accountant, our lawyer. Um, we had actually my lawyer, someone else at my lawyer's firm. I've used the same lawyer for, for years, specialized in M and a, so, um, we kind of, we kind of used them to, to help us along the process. That's kind of the most I can say, I think. <laughs> okay. Got it. Yeah. Don't need to say any numbers. Definitely. I'm just, I've always been so curious and I think a lot of our uh, like uh, listeners, I don't want to say followers, our listeners uh, probably have the same question just because like if I were to sell WeStrive right now, I would have no idea. Like valuation is so hard to, to put it, it on. It's and- EBITDA. So it's earnings before taxes and all that kind of stuff. And then whatever multiple makes sense for your industry and in your business. And I think one of the things that, that helped us in terms of multiples was we had no debt. We run very lean businesses. We started with $5,000. Um, the entire business is run remote with no overhead. Um, plus the business kind of grows organically by itself, which are systems that we set up. Um, and we had systems and processes for everything. I mean, when they were doing due diligence, they said, how does customer service work? How does billing work? And we'd say, hey, here's a 50 page SOP that says who does what, when in every possible situation. Um, and it someone did quit, which we did everything possible to make and no one really quit from the transition. But at the time we were kind of assuring them that no one would quit. We said, we have the systems for every little thing that we do written out. And I think a combination of those factors were, were positive for us on the selling side. So this is a really good segue because I was going to exactly ask you that question. I was checking out Simply SOP. And one thing that we've been doing at Canna is all of these operational processes that we've had, we've been translating them to SOPs. But because we didn't have a really good template to start off with, and we're, we've been kind of creating as we, we've been going along, um, you know, the, the consistency and like the formatting hasn't been one-to-one across the board. And we, we just started very recently. I'd love to learn about like, you know, what inspired y'all to religiously, you know, create SOPs that like talked about the direction of the company and made handoff really easy. Because I think that's what happens in exceptional organizations. And that way, you know, everybody is not replaceable, but can easily be transitioned like from a responsibility perspective to another person. <laughs> so it all goes, the The original reason that we became an, anal about SOPs is yeah. it all comes back to when we were uh, probably around like year 1.5 of our Amazon business. We spent oh. six months training this person all from our head, like doing one-on-one training. Six months, took a vacation to celebrate training him, and he quit on us while we were on vacation. No. <laughs> so, so ever since then, we're like, okay, we can't 
invest one-on-one -on -one training time. We can't make our training process six months long. We need everything in writing, everything documented. And then that kind of evolved over time into like, right. Videos are way better for training people. Like mm -hmm. th that's just a, a fact. Like it just is, but it, videos for SOPs are very frustrating and annoying because they just get outdated very quickly. And if you're running a startup and even in year four of free up, we were still a startup. We're still improving every single process. They just become a pain because then you have to hire a video editor. If you need to refilm the whole thing, where is it? If it's in a doc or text form, you can just update it. It's very easy, but videos are better. So with simply SOP, We've created it where it's very dynamic video and text. As you're recording stuff, you're marking steps as you go. So if you need to sub out step three, you can easily do that in the software without having to hire a video editor, without having to start over. And it keeps all your SOPs in one place, text and video that go together that make it very easy for the, the, the VA. And you can share it with the VA. You can give the VA editing access, which is also something that we really believe in is giving your VA's ownership of the SOP so they keep it updated over time. Um, and that actually is one of the best ways uh, quick tip here. It's one of the best ways to see if someone's going to be a good team leader ahead of time is by giving them ownership of the SOP ahead of time. Um, but yeah, so th that's kind of where Simply SOP uh, evolved over time. And, and it just goes very nicely um, into Outsource School. Our, our, the developer that built FreeUp is actually the same developer that built Simply SOP. And, and it's perfect for our members who they, they learn how to make really good SOPs from us. They get all of our SOPs and then they need something to build and store their own SOPs. And, and it's just the, the perfect tool for them. I'm just going to say I'm sold, man. <laughs> I don't know if this has ever happened on a podcast before, but we've been talking internally about using something better because, you know, for us, oh. our operational, yeah, a process is very like intrinsic and there are like a lot of different nuances to the process that we want to be able to hand off when we make two more operational hires. And I think you might have also sold me on the fact that maybe a VA could come and help in this situation. I emailed you guys a, a present right as I got on. Whenever someone has me on a podcast, you guys can check your email right after that. I think you said mailed, and I had so many questions. <laughs> That's I was awesome. like, what is it? How'd you get my address? <laughs> Literally, every uh, meeting that we have, like our like like monthly meetings, like close to 15 to 20 minutes of our discussions are revolving around like the state of our SOPs, how they've been updated, any changes, and what we should do to move the needle. So it's crazy, but I think like you're you're building something really special with simply SOP, man. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. So let, let's touch on your, your, uh, your outsource school company. Um, because I, I have a lot of questions about that. And I, well, actually one last question, um, on uh, free up. So were you ever planning on selling it or was it, was it, did it just kind of get you out of the blue and you're like, maybe I can think about it. I don't know. Like what was your mindset when they first approached? Yeah, we weren't planning on selling it. We always said, I mean, there's only so many ways you run a business, right? You either like run into the ground, which hopefully you don't do. You run it forever or you get an investor, which we personally just don't want to do. We don't want to feel like we're reporting to someone else or you sell it. I mean, give or take, those are pretty much the only options. So just being realistic business owners, you have to know that some of those options is going to happen at some point. Um, but we built the business to be sellable from day one in the sense that we created really good systems and processes going back to that Amazon disaster that we already talked about. Um, so it was built to be sellable. We, we love free up. We continue to love free up. We still talk to the VAs at free up. I mean, not working with those VAs was by far the hardest part of selling free up. Um, but it did come up. It did come from them and we weren't, we didn't go into 2019 being like, Hey, we need to unload this thing by the end of the year. Gotcha. Well, that's, that's still cool, man. I love that. Um, so with outsource school, can you give us like a full, maybe not full, but like a, a little, 
kind of overview of what the entire purpose of the platform is? Yeah. So it's really for entrepreneurs. And I say this, but there's lots of entrepreneurs that have a lot of success with VAs that become members of Outsource School just to get our SOPs and improve their systems. But I would say Outsource School is primarily for someone who's heard about VAs and never hired VAs before or has hired VAs before um, and maybe not had the consistency. They've had some good, some bad, um, and they don't really have those systems and processes in place. Um, or there's someone who is just working 60 plus hours a week in their business. They're, maybe they're making money, they're growing their business, but they know that their business can't keep going at that level. They don't have extra hours to work and they really need help and they need better systems and they need to be able to hire good VAs consistently, consistently without going in circles. So everyone kind of starts a different point, but the main thing is we give the, the fundamentals, cracking the VA code, where we give you our exact process of interviewing, onboarding, training, and managing. The exact interview questions we ask, the exact onboarding questions we ask. We have videos of us interviewing VAs, some good, some bad. We point out the red flags and exactly what to do, what to look for. We walk you through everything in terms of, of training on how to not do one-on-one -on -one training, which you should not do. Um, we walk you through how to manage your time, how to make really good SOPs in the management part. It's everything from how to run the different meetings that we have that is a huge part of running VAs, how to set up bonus and raise programs, um, how to handle issues when they come up, how to fire VAs, how to build team leaders. So by the time you, you go through that, you have the fundamentals. And that I firmly believe is like the number one skill that entrepreneurs need to have. You need to have to learn how to hire. And once you learn how to do that, you can apply that to every business for the rest of your life. I mean, we've now applied the same exact hiring process for three businesses. Then once you have the fundamentals, for me, that's when the fun part begins because then we have all these playbooks ready to go and formulas that you can plug into your business. If you want a VA to run your inbox, like I have a VA that runs my inbox, you take our formula, you plug it into your business. Same thing with going on podcasts. If you're not going on a podcast a week, you should be. It's a great way to, to grow your business. We teach you the exact formula that my VA does every single day to do podcast research. And we even throw in other stuff that we've just learned from going on podcasts and growing businesses to, to kind of surround it. And then I mentioned that the Simply SOP software um, to build your own SOPs using our, how we create SOPs, but you get a software to do it for yourself. Um, and then you get our community and our support along the way. So if you run into uh, issues interviewing or whatever it is, uh, my team is there to help. We're there to help. We're very active in our group. Just today, people were posting some amazing questions about um, they were interviewing like three different BAs and they were wondering which one they should hire. So we were helping with that. And so you get all of that. Um, plus there's some different smaller perks, like we give you a $50 free up credit and some other stuff like that. But the main thing is you get the fundamentals, you get all of our processes and every process we come out with as for as long as you're a member and we come out with new ones every month, you get our software, unlimited software package included and our support in our community. You know, Nate, I can like, I think it's safe to assume that you're one of the subject matter experts when it comes to, you know, hiring talent offshore, uh, especially in like the places that you were with free up and also i'm assuming you know you have a playbook for this with it's simply sop and the outdoor school community you know what were how did you approach like building that supply side of you know freelancers in your labor pool and having a very rigorous vetting process is that just something that was a learned experience over time that you operationalized or were there some like you know secret tricks that you implemented that led to a big win yeah good question i'm i let me try to answer this way. So we, 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 the way that we got started was actually, it worked out well for us. And I think we have a, we had a, com, a competitive advantage from someone who just wants to start a 
free up marketplace type place today because we started free up just for Amazon sellers. We later mm. expanded to e-commerce and marketing, but we were Amazon sellers and we had used our hiring process to build a Rolodex of VAs and freelancers for our Amazon business that we really didn't like our Amazon business anymore. We wanted to get out of it. So we had this Rolodex of people. We weren't using them all full time anyway. And as we started free up and launched this new idea, we went to those VAs and freelancers and said, hey, this is free up. We're trying to start it. Like, do you guys want to be VAs and freelancers on our platform? Pretty much we'll get you clients. We'll take our percentage. And if you guys are happy with that, great. We'll move you over. If not, no big deal. And everyone wanted that. So we moved them over and those initial clients are free up. They got our VAs and our freelancers and awesome. people really like that. And they started telling their friends and then we ran out of VAs and freelancers. So we had to build a, a vetting process um, that they still have today and to get more people in there. And we also created a, a freelancer referral program where people would make money as they referred other freelancers, which helped us get the pool when we didn't have a, a spend, when we didn't really know marketing well enough to, to really get out there. So that, that's how we got it off the ground. That's that's really awesome. Uh, we had a very similar experience with Canada too. And I'm curious, like, did y'all experiment with like upskilling your freelancers? You know, giving them access to like educational courses so that you know, outside of just being like a like an assistant, like a virtual assistant, they could also kind of divulge into marketing. Or uh, I'm curious if, from like an education aspect, do you mess around with anything? So our biggest thing since day one is we said, we do not want to be an agency. There's a million agencies out there. There's gotcha. very few freelancer marketplaces. And the main difference between the agency and the marketplace is the VAs and the freelancers do not work for us besides our internal team. The VAs uh -huh. on the, and the platform, um, they, they're, they're running their own business. They're offering services on the platform. They're our customers. We're there to support them. My team's there to do whatever it takes to make them happy because without them, we can't run free up, but we're not forcing them to take training. We're not forcing them to take our education. We'll partner with people and make resources available that they can take if they want to, to improve their skills. But that was really the, the whole mindset that, that we took. Love that. That's awesome. And so I feel like there's so many different elements that I could break down. Like I would love to hear if we had another episode, I could do a whole thing on like your referral program and how you grew all of that. And then also, also I wanted to ask, are, are you and FreeUp still partnered in that way? Like, do they send people to outsource school? if they need help with, with all that. Yeah, definitely. They send people to us. We refer people to them. I mean, the, the people that join outsource school, like we give them a free, a $50 free up credit if they want to use it. We hire from free up still, which is a, a little weird, but so we, we try to teach people just overall what we do. So we tell people that, but if they want to take our processes and go hire on Upwork or Facebook groups or whatever it is, they're more than welcome to do that. Um, but for, if they do want to be hooked up with free up, we'll introduce them with a rep there that we know really well that we met in person um, and give them that credit if they want it. And, and they send people to us as well. So it, it's there. It's not forced down anyone's throat. And I think one of the coolest things about interviewing you that the, the first time I did it and now that I remembered is that I love how, especially when you were running free up, how you were running free up, but then you were also running free up with freelancers. Like that's one of the coolest things for me is that you were like, uh, you know, what is that expression? It's like a very basic one. You are whatever. I'll figure it out later. Anyways, you're, you're doing exactly what you're, you're, you're your own customer. Thank you. <laughs> now I had a, I had a like eat your cake too kind of thing, but I, I couldn't figure it out. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I just love it, man. I thought it was so cool when you told me that. And I think it's so cool that like you're continuing to do that to this day. And so with or with orts, with outdoor school, what uh? What's like the game? What's the game plan? Like, are you planning on just getting a million people on the platform, or like, do you have other like different 
kind of like sub categories you want to expand to or like where, where are the goals with that? Yeah. I mean, outdoor school really comes down to, to three parts. How do we get more members and spread the word, which is obviously the basic. How do we create so much value that people want to be a part of outdoor school year after year after year? And it's just a no brainer because we continue to add value to it. And how do we make simply SOP the easiest SOP software out there that people just love that just continues to add value to the membership. And those three things together, in my opinion, would make a very successful business. And it's kind of on us to to execute those things. So I think I could have used this for sure because I embarrassingly, when I hired my freelancer, she didn't even show up to the interview. And I just trusted because I knew the guy, I trusted him so much um, that the, and then the, the the other potential freelancer showed up, but I was like, oh, I like this other girl though because she has this experience. And I just hired her, and I she didn't even show up to the interview. And then like learned later that she missed a lot of our days she should have been working. And I was like, wow, I probably should have at least interviewed this person. So <laughs> I think I think I need a crash course in general on hiring. But on top of that, there's probably so many different elements to your software that I could definitely use. So. When it comes to the software, like what are the main things that like what what would I get out of it if I'm if I don't know anything about hiring? Like what am I going to get out of your software if I first start it? So if you don't know anything about hiring, you you shouldn't start with the software. You should start with cracking the VA code. You should get our interview process, get our onboarding process, get our systems for training and learn how to build SOPs and managing them. And that's kind of the first part. And then move into the software, um, assuming you don't, you want to skip over the SOPs we, we've already made. And then the, the first part of that is we have a free migration service. Um, one of our VAs will help you um, take any SOPs you already have and get them up to the software and teach you how to use it and all of that. And really then from cool. there, you can start creating your own SOPs using video, using text, and we can walk you through our process for doing it that not only saves you time, but it's very efficient and VAs learn from it very well. Um, and then you can, once you have that SOP, you can share it with other VAs. You can share it with other people at other companies if you want to. You don't have to and share it with other people. It's very, it's easily shareable. You can give your VAs access to have edit access or just view access. If you fire someone, you can remove their access. And from there, you're, you're building a library of your SOPs that you can easily keep updated over time. I've actually been researching a lot into like, you know, building scalable, like online educational communities. And a lot of people are making some strategic bets in the space. Like I even know they like from a creator tools perspective, like, I don't know if you've checked it out, but you know, Thinkific is really good with their LMS, but circle.so just came out with their new communities platform. And it's a blend of like Slack meets discord meets Thinkific. I'm curious if y'all just decided to roll out your own product or, you know, are you using like a third party service to manage the community and scale it up? So my mentality on software is it always does 80% of what I want and I can never get it to do that last 20%. Yeah. <laughs> so that's with, where people with, come in, I'm assuming? No, that's where building your own software comes in. So like with oh. free up, like we, we started off like with this really crummy software and we had other stuff around it that kind of held it together. And then we eventually just built it all into the free up software before we sold it. And with Azure School, it's very, very similar where we have simply SOP and we're using kind of these other tools for the membership for um, for the, and I don't want to name them, but, uh, for the, like storing the videos for all this other stuff, but in the perfect world, outsource school grows bigger. We invest more in the software and eventually everything is in our software that we own and we can make it do whatever we want it to do for our members. Makes sense. Build out like your own native experience. Um, right. That we just have. Yeah. So how do you think about like product management from that perspective then? Do you have like, you know, we use this thing to get to X viability in the meantime, we'll use it 
you know, to have really regular learning experience, we can translate the product downstream or. Yeah. I'm a big proponent of like minimum viable product and getting it out there, testing it, making sure people actually like it before you start investing time and energy into it. Like if we launch simply SOP and everyone's like, Hey, we hate it. Like we're not going to put more and more money and time into it. Um, but same thing with kind of we have all these different pieces we we tend to go as cheap as possible within reason at first kind of having these different elements to hold our videos have our membership site whatever the free versions of that are and then prioritize what we migrate into our own software over time making sure that it's actually good and again people like it until you eventually get to the point where it's all under one umbrella yeah and i love the mvp concept that you you go after because i definitely I read all the books when I first started my app years ago and I definitely thought I was building an MVP and then I ended up building like this shitty, here we have a billion features, but like none of them really work app. Um, and so I, I love every time every time I hear like about your website, it's just like, they're like, yeah, we had like $4 and then we made a ton of money and we had all these amazing products and we only added what we needed and all this stuff. So I think it's really inspiring, especially like for people, obviously in more than $4, but uh, people that, uh, you know, that are getting started with their software, like myself could have heard that years ago would definitely be able to benefit from it. So I think that's awesome. Um, I think like it was Pa Graham who said, if somebody's hair is on fire, if you give them a fire extinguisher, like a carbon fiber, like, you know, tube that they could use to take it off immediately or brick, you know, they'd use all three. So sometimes it's great to start off with the brick and, you know, work your way up to getting the whole fire extinguisher about that. But, get your, get your hair not on fire with a brick. Yeah. <laughs> how, is, how, how is that a phrase? What is that even? That's your MVP. That? It's the shittiest working, most viable version of your product that people can pay to use. Okay. Well, I wouldn't use it. I would just rather not use the brick, if I'm being yeah, honest. You're going to use your hands. <laughs> I'd rather use my hands. Um, well, Nathan, honestly, this was, this was awesome. I, we have, we have both episodes now. I don't have, I don't have too many. I mean, I have way too many questions, not don't have too many. I want to break down how you got the referral program going. I want to break down how you started off with this new company, all that stuff. But I mean, honestly, I don't have too much for more as far as like an overall concept goes. Um, do you have anything that you want to leave the members with? Do you have anything that you want to plug, especially the outsource school, anything like that? Yeah. I mean, first of all, I'm very easy to contact. I love networking with other entrepreneurs, Uh, Nathan Hirsch on Facebook or LinkedIn. I'm always putting out content or real Nate Hirsch on Instagram, Twitter, Um, go to outsourceschool.com. You can schedule a call with me and my team right there. If you have any questions, you can grab a free trial of Outsource School Insider. You can grab a free trial of Simply SOP. We put out a lot of content. If you want to grab our newsletter and and all that and, and people listening, we'd We'd love to, to have you as a, a member of Outsource School. We're going to continue to put everything we have into adding as much value as possible for our members. And I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Man. And all of the stuff that you build is amazing. And so you you know that. So there's a reason people bought your company. So keep uh, keep killing it, man. Keep being inspiring. I'm sure we'll have you on the podcast again in eight months when you get acquired and have a new company. So, um, you know. <laughs> well, I'm just excited to be a customer, yo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to have you guys in the community. It'll be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Well, Boom. thanks so much, Nathan. He just dropped his name, dropped his handle, where you can find him. This was an amazing episode with a lot of great pointers. So building fires pod with Nathan Hirsch. Boom. We won't end that way again. Yeah, right, there <laughs> thanks everyone so much for tuning in to the building fires podcast. Yeah, man, we're planning on dropping episodes every Monday, talking to some amazing guests and giving you the content you deserve. Boom. Farhaj and I are so grateful for you guys. Oh, no. Oh. no, 
I can this I can edit this. I know. Uh, Farhaj and I are so grateful for all of your support. If you can, please leave five stars and a review on your podcast app, whichever one you use. Farhaj and I would definitely appreciate it. I'm trying to get our uh, little podcast SEO up. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, you know, looking forward to seeing you next week, and we're excited to make. Ugh, one second. <laughs> looking forward to seeing you next week. We got some exciting guests for you. Boom. Guess for ya. Like, like Guess for ya. <laughs> you scurvy curs. <laughs> <laughs> <Boom. Arr. laughs> <Boom. laughs>